0: Thank <laughs> you. Hello everyone Kevin Markwick here I was supposed to be doing a series of new shows on local radio taking us through the 1980s year by year now those of you who have heard the series I did about the 1970s uh, that would be just over a year ago now uh, lots of you I hope uh, if not you can download the podcast version wherever you download podcasts just search for Kevin Markwick you pretty much can't hide anything on the internet these days. And you'll find a whole raft of shows that you can listen to uh, about growing up in a cinema in the 1970s through the eyes of a small boy, um, which was me. Uh, my family took the cinema, the picture house in Upfield, in 1964 when I was two years old. And now I run it myself. So I had the incredible opportunity of experiencing pretty much all the key films of the period while growing up in a cinema and uh, all the while dealing with raging hormones and things sprouting all over me, not least hair. So in the absence of the, uh, the big show, I thought I would take you through the films that were playing this very week in the past, through a series of shorter podcasts. I have all the records going back to 1964, February 1964, when we arrived here. Uh, so hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. If you saw any of those films or any of the films we're going to talk about at my cinema or anywhere else for that matter, do get in touch with your memories and let me know what you think. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Kevin Markwick, or drop me an email at podcast at picturehouseuckfield.com. It would be great to hear from you. So, come with me now on a trip through time. Why is it that we usually ignore the fourth dimension? You, you see, we can move in the other three. As the doctor said, up, down, forwards, backwards, sideways. But when it comes to time, we are prisoners. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. You maniac! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God! A hot tub time We're going to start in April 1981. Two very different films, played for a week each. We only had the two screens back then, and on screen one was one of the best British crime films ever made. London, Good Friday. Not just any Good Friday, but the long Good Friday. Outside of church. You don't crucifying people outside of church, not on Good Friday. Harold Shand, undisputed king of London's underworld. <laughs> now he's setting up the biggest business deal of his career. Hands across the ocean, right? To the future. Someone is out to stop him. What do you think of anybody who might have an old score to settle or something? Who's big enough to take you on? Someone, somewhere, knows, right? I want the man who knows right who faces what auto casino stabbing a bar blowing up what is this a gang war no no question harold and i have no doubt that by tomorrow the problem will be settled the long of friday is a properly british film a rarity then as now it features a world cast breakout performance by bob hoskins who'd achieved recognition in Dennis Potter's TV series Pennies from Heaven and directed with considerable skill by John Mackenzie. Hoskins is Harold Shand, an East End gangster, lording it over his manor. However, he has grand plans for the abandoned glories of the London Docklands and to become a legitimate property mogul. It all goes horribly wrong over the course of 24 hours while Harold and his more sophisticated girlfriend, played with cool authority by Helen Mirren, try and keep the apparent turf war under control so as not to frighten off the potential mafia investment that has just flown into town. It's like screenwriter Keefe had done some kind of deal with Nostradamus or something. So perfectly does it foreshadow the brutal years of the Thatcher free market and even the obsession with the imagined past glories of empire we saw during the Brexit debate. Even as Harold woos the incoming American mafia cash, behind him is Tower Bridge, a potent symbol of Victorian hubris and self-aggrandisement. There is, of course, something beyond it even Harold or the British government's control, causing all the mayhem. It's the IRA. A chilling reminder that money is not the only motivation in life, something way beyond Harold's understanding. Writer Keefe is not in thrall of gangsters, as Guy Ritchie would later be. This is not played for laughs, although it's often funny, not least because of Harold's typically cockney adroitness with language, particularly when chewing out the opposition. The film was originally made for TV, but backer Lou Grades' ITC wanted to cut out all the controversial politics and what they saw as a glorification of the IRA. Hoskins himself threatened to sue when a planned cut version for American TV was going to dub his voice. In the end, and not for the first time, George Harrison rode to the rescue of an endangered British film and bought the rights, eventually releasing it into cinemas through handmade films. The Long of Friday played Screen 1 in Upfield for seven days on the 5th of April 1981. We had 348 admissions, grossing a grand total of £453.91, which is not great to be honest. It's a funny time of year and it was pre-Easter. What the weather was like, I have no idea. Uh, Sunday and Saturday were the best days with uh, 86 admissions apiece. Now, in those days, films ran from Sunday to Saturday, not Friday to Thursday. Um, I'll tell you all about that in a later podcast. Anyway, I reckon uh, with my CSE grade two maths, that's a, a ticket price of about £1.30. Now, we showed The Long of Friday recently in Uckfield for a CineFast Sunday, and it's lost none of its power. If you haven't seen it, you can find it on some of the streaming services, Uh Um, if you can find a blockbuster in town (laughs) although uh, I can highly recommend the more recently restored Blu-ray release um, which is on Arrow I believe, anyway it looks absolutely fantastic and um, also we can't finish with the Long Good Friday without tipping our hat to Francis Monkman's equally dramatic score Was what was on screen one, what was on screen two that week. What? Now let me finish, OK? And don't go flying off the handle. You gave that promotion to Bob Enright instead of me? I've got five years seniority over him. I know that. For Christ's sake, I trained him. I know that, but see, the, the company... Oh, the company bullshit. It's your decision. You promoted him. You tell me why. Well... In the first place, see, Bob does have a college degree. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. While he's away at college getting his precious, useless degree, I'm working my butt off at this company. And in the second place, he does have a family to support. And I don't. What has that got to do with anything? Violet, look, my hands are tied here. The company needs a man in this position. Clients would rather deal with men when it comes to figures. Oh, now we're getting at it. I lose a promotion because of some idiot prejudice. The boys in the club are threatened, and you're so intimidated by any woman that won't sit at the back of the bus. Spare me the women's lib crap, OK? Now, I know how you feel, and I understand it. You understand zilch. I understand I'm still a boss here. And even though you might be pretty valuable out there, you better get a hold of yourself. I'm not going to sit here and take this. God damn it. Dorley, get in here! It's 9 to 5, of course. The total opposite of The Long Good Friday, I would suggest. Uh, although it was certainly subversive in its own way and actually very progressive for a mainstream film, particularly for 1980, uh, which is when it was made. Um, It was written by Patricia Reznik and starred Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin Uh, you know the plot. Um, It's kind of not gone away really, there's even a stage musical now I believe. Uh, They play the three put-upon office workers taking revenge on their bullying, self-centered, misogynistic boss played by Dabney Coleman. who'd made a speciality of that sort of character in the early 80s, not least in Sidney Pollack's brilliant Tootsie in 1982. And, crucially, they make a far better job of running the department than he does while they have him tied up in his own house. I had another look at it this week and, um, actually I don't think I've seen it since it came out and it mostly holds up. The central message comes through loud and clear and sadly it's still very relevant but some of the hijinks in the second act stretch credibility and Jane Fonda fails to convince as a sort of mousy mousy woman. Uh, But there are some good laughs, not least the fantasy sequences uh, that each of the women have about how they would take their revenge on Coleman and it remains an important milestone. It also played 7 days, 5th of April but in screen 2 uh, it came in second to the long of friday actually just uh grossing 417 pounds and 39p not too far behind 320 admissions the long of friday was an x certificate um, but i was surprised to see nine to five was a double a which meant that no one under 14 would be admitted Uh, The only thing I can think is that um, the sequence where they all get stoned took it past the A Certificate. Can't be having that sort of thing, can we? No, 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 no. And now, as it's 1981, we're also deep into the worst time in history for cinema uh, in terms of admissions in the UK. Uh, Present circumstances accepted, of course. And my father had shrunk us down uh, for a few years now, actually, to showing films once nightly. So we opened at 7.30 and were home by 10.30. It seems bizarre now that the building was unused for 21 out of 24 hours. Uh, It's very difficult for him, actually. It was very difficult for him to break out of this mindset. Um, He he always wanted to keep costs down, even as admissions started to improve towards the end of the 1980s. Now, looking at the book, I can see that both films had a short film with them. This was the uh, interim period between having a second feature, or a B film, And the feature, or big film, or whatever you wanted to call it, uh, for some reason, the industry felt you couldn't just show the feature. You had to give the audience something else. Um, So the answer they came up with was to make them sit through god-awful 20-minute short travelogues or films about bread-making. I can think of some real corkers. Had to show some absolute dirge over the years. Um, Pete Murray Goes to Nottingham. Uh, being one of the most excruciating. Who knew 20 minutes could pass so slowly? Anyway, uh, my dad would occasionally try and put something uh, more fun <laughs> or uh, entertaining on instead of uh, Jane Flies with a Lion. That was a good one about uh, air crew on British Caledonian. Yeah. Uh, Global Queensway. Oh, dear. Uh, but even he had to admit that look at life the old Rank series from the 50s and 60s was a bit long in the tooth by 1981 although he did hang on to them actually way past the time he should have one of the things he would like to shove on was a short by the great Bob Godfrey uh, and there were several great ones Henry 9 to 5 probably being the most famous Godfrey was probably best well known for um, Rhubarb and Custard on the BBC but his short films were, were brilliant fun Uh, Now, I don't know whether Fox officially put Bob Godfrey's short by a woman with 9 to 5, or it was my dad's choice. It was a rather strange affair about a man who puts too much washing powder in the machine and a beautiful bubble woman emerges out of the suds. It was only about 14 minutes long, maybe less. And actually, if you've never seen any of Godfrey's work outside cat-and-dog-based hilarity, I really would recommend finding some. Not least his Oscar-winning short, GREAT, uh, a Bonkers Tale, on the life of Isambard Kingdom Brunel. The short with The Long Good Friday was called Ice Break. Ah, uh, Lord knows what that was. So, that was April the 5th, 1981, 39 years ago this week. Uh, it was a tough time, I think. Uh, the week before, we'd shown Stir Crazy, which did about the same, 348 admissions. Although it is a film I think people remember fondly just wasn't our kind of thing, I suppose. And Sphinx with Frank Langella and Leslie Ann Down. Don't remember much about that. I must have shown it and it sort of vaguely, vaguely remember it. Uh, couldn't have been much cop. Uh, and that could only drum up 126 people in a week, which was actually better than the week before when we showed a film called Loophole. Now, is there anybody out there that remembers Loophole? Can you tell me what it is? Uh, let me know if you do. I'd love to know if you were one of the 114 people that saw it in Uckfield in March 1981. Uh, for context, other things going on in the UK in April 1981 included Bob Champion winning the Grand National on Aldeniti, uh against all the odds, apparently. Um, I think he'd had cancer and um, whether the horse was, was lame or something. I don't know. I've no idea. Uh, that would uh, later be filmed as Champions with John Hurt. And Bucks Fizz won the Eurovision Song Contest with "Making Your Mind Up." Great news. I was actually a confused and lonely, spotty, 19-year-old. Um, I'd recently returned from working in London for a couple of years, but that's not for now. I can I can offload all of that on you later. Now, each week, I'm going to try and pick a less well-known film from the period that I think you might like. Now. I mean, it may be very familiar to some of you, but uh, anyway, I shall soldier on, and this week I'm going to pick Lawrence Kasdan's steamy neo-noir thriller, Body Heat. Slight warning, don't watch it with your mum and dad. Um, You know, I think it was a... was it an next Yeah, I think it was. Um, It's sort of a retread of Billy Wilder's double indemnity in many ways, but... uh, Nevertheless, massively entertaining and no one does slightly dull like William Hurt. And Kathleen Turner literally burns a hole in the screen playing a classic femme fatale. She has one of my favourite lines in a film anywhere when she says, um, You're not too smart, are you? I like that in a man. (laughs) Um, And uh, it also features a brilliant score by John Barry, which I'll leave you with. So hopefully this has been uh, at least mildly entertaining for you. And next week I'll have uh, another dip into the archives and we'll talk about what we're showing uh, the following week in April. Uh, So please do... Uh, maybe go and uh, stick me on like and stick me on uh, what's the other thing subscribe that's the other one they always ask for in podcasts isn't it Uh, and it's been great having you and please let me know what you think at kevin markwick on twitter or podcast at picturehouseupfood.com and hopefully i'll see you next week bye